Welcome everybody. Welcome to the little guy show. And it's your host with the most the most diligent, meticulous host. Um Steve. Steve Rogers. Um I'm coming to you on this oh, what's today the 21st of April um to talk about something that uh, I endeared on the 9th of April so about two weeks ago um I caught COVID. I caught COVID, um, which I don't know how I got, to be honest. Um, it just definitely, definitely, um, a humbling and just crazy experience, especially for someone in my condition who, um, suffers from sickle cell anemia type SS. Um, yeah, so I want to say, okay, so I was diagnosed with COVID on the 9th of April. So leading up to the 9th, um, I don't know that, that, that the same week, cause that 9th was a Friday. So in that week on Monday, I was fine from Tuesday leading up to that Friday when I found out that I had COVID. I did have some sort of, you know, symptoms and mine were loss of appetite and severe fatigue and basically what it looked like is was just me constantly um sleeping throughout the day like i uh, excuse me i was damn near um in the coma you know the only thing that was getting me up was just to go to the bathroom and try to get some fluids in my system which wasn't you know all that great cuz it wasn't like i was like super thirsty or anything. I was just trying to keep myself hydrated. But I just remember like constantly grabbing bottles of water, but only taking like sips at a time. So for the, for about those three days before I went, you know, the ninth the the of April is when I went to the doctor. So leading up to that Friday from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I was just like, I was just bummed. Like I was just fatigued. I was just tired. Mind you, it's already, you know, difficult living with sickle cell as it is, you know, so, but I'm, I'm used to it. You know, I know how to maneuver you know, I know how to 
do things and what not to do things when it comes to, you know, my sickle cell. So being, you know, you know, me being just thinking like, okay, maybe it's just the weather changing constantly and like I'm moving around too much. So let me just stay put. Nah, this was, this was like something beyond. So, um, with all the fatigue and, you know, loss of appetite, I, I lied to you. Now I didn't, that Monday was the only time I ate from, from, so that Monday was the last time I ate. And then leading up April 9th, that Friday, I go to the hospital, um, and I, um, you know, meet my complaints as usual. I'm having, you know, like kind of bad stomach problems. Like it's pain and it's like, I knew where it's coming from because this is, it wasn't the first time I experienced this type of pain before. So, and I had a fever too. I had a fever because I remember it were nights where I was waking up in like cold sweats and I had took my temperature at one point and it was like 101. Um, so I, I get to the hospital, you know, I make my complaints. Yeah, I'm not really feeling good. Like I'm tired constantly. And, like, I'm in pain more than anything because that's what I'm going for. Like, pain was just, was, was like, the, the key factor for me throughout this whole thing. Even though I was fatigued and all that, but the stomach pain that I was having, I just couldn't shake it. So, um, I, you know, I get checked out. Um, the nurse tech checks my temperature. Notice I have a, a fever, so they sent me to, like, you know, instead of sending me back to the lobby to wait for my name to get called again, um, they had, like, this, like, little triage room where, you know, where you go go there, sit there, and immediately get uh, medical treatment. So, um, you know, they're running more tests and labs and stuff, and, you know, that's when the, the, the doctor comes in, um, you know, and, and gives me the game plan, you know. Uh, we're going to run tests to see what's going on. Um, of course, we have to, um, you know, test you for COVID because you have a fever. I'm like, okay, that's that's not a problem because that's normally what they do anyway when I get, um, when I normally go to the hospital and stuff like that. Um, so they drew, they drew blood, um, you know, they... Hit the, the my nose, the nostril thing for the COVID um, swab. You know, that gets sent back. Um, I think my blood results come back first, I believe. I'm not sure, but I want to say about 30 minutes after the fact, um, they told me, you know, the nurse came back and she was like, yeah, you've been you've been, you um, you were positive for COVID-19, so I just, and, like, my heart, like, just immediately just dropped, like, 
Like it just felt like I don't know, like just like I don't know. It's, it's like you could just like you could hear my heart just like drop because it was like, bruh, that is the last thing I need to hear right now. Like me having COVID and then like, you know, leading up to it, you just hear all these, um, you know, cases of people catching it, even, you know, healthy people catching it and them still, you know, dying from it. So it was just like, damn. Now that I have it, it's like, and my mind is like, well, how long do I got? You know, because I have an underlying condition. So, um, um, I'm already thinking worst case scenario. So it's just like, damn, um, uh, I'm, I'm fucked. Not to mention, um, after I found out I had COVID, I had pneumonia which is a double whammy, and, um, little, um, what else happened, um, and at this point, I, I knew something was going on with my liver, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, it was swelling up, basically, my liver was swelling up, and that's what was causing it to hurt, like, more than usual, like, my stomach area to hurt more than usual, because it was swollen, and I, like, it, I realized that once they, um, transferred me, so I'm from the Pennsylvania, um, well, I'm from Philly, but, you know, so I'm, I'm in Philly, I go to a hospital in Philadelphia, they transferred me from a hospital from Philadelphia to Phoenixville. And it was just, you know, um, I wanted a, a scary experience. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it because truth be told, just how that transitioned, I just felt like, I was just getting sent away to my death, and like that's the end of the story, you know. That's where that chapter in my life closes. So, um, as uh, you know, as they transferred me to Phoenixville, it's just like, all right, I got COVID, I have pneumonia, um. I'm having problems with my liver at this point. So I'm just like, um, and my mind is like, well, I wonder how the hell I'm going to pull this off, you know, as far as that willpower to just get through, you know, these, these tough battles that I've gone through throughout my whole entire life. So... I'm in the back of the ambulance getting um, shipped off to Phoenixville, which is in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Um, ways from home for me. So 
it the ride itself wasn't pleasant either because again my liver is you know is, is swollen at this point so any subtle movement it is just putting me in so much discomfort and pain is just ridiculous so by the time I get to Phoenixville I'm like super exhausted I just want to close my eyes and just rest but I can't because one I'm so uncomfortable by the pain and two it's like I got so much like my brain is processing so much at once and it's just like what are you going to do what are you going to do how is this going to end like these are just questions I keep you know repeating in my head over and over and over again so um as I arrived to Phoenixville um you know the staff there they were polite you know for what it for what it was you know um but they could only do so much as far as you know what they can do especially in my case because truth be told I don't I still haven't heard any other like any stories about anyone anyone with sickle cell catching COVID and either surviving from it or not like I haven't heard anybody no one and mind you I'm I'm in a, a a group on Facebook. No one has shared a story about them catching COVID. I don't I don't have anything, nothing to go on. So in my mind, I'm the first person in my condition to catch this shit as far as I know, you know? So it's just like I'm just like, bruh, what is like what is gonna happen? And um mind you as I get shipped to this Phoenixville hospital all the way out in Pennsylvania somewhere. Well, Phoenixville, of course. The hospital that I was previously in did not give them any records of what Jay just did in order, you know, to based off what they need to do for me at Phoenixville. So that's why I felt so like scared and like I felt like I was getting sent to my death because it was like what hospital you know just ships you off to a, another hospital granted the only reason why these um ship me off because they didn't have beds available especially in the ICU because that's how that's where I needed to be I needed to be in intensive care so um so I get I got that part of it but it was like you didn't send the records to this hospital so they could move accordingly so I practically had to go through the whole process with them all over again so I know it's all over the place I'm just trying to get y'all guys to understand like what I was going through my my whole my whole thought process of this crazy journey 
because, listen, I, I honestly did not think I was going to pull through the way that I did. And in such, you know, it it was two weeks, but it, it could have been it could have been longer and I could have been in way more you know, a way worse condition than what I was already in, believe it or not. So just off that um alone just off that alone I'm blessed to um to even to even still be here now not only still to be here but to to not have to you know endure the worst of the worst to get better you know cuz like yes the like the situation I was in was very very grim but it could have been a lot more worse like a lot more worse so i'm truly blessed just off that alone so with that being said back to the story at hand so um as i'm you know as they're trying to you know understand the situation better and you know figure out what they're what, you know what the um what their next step steps are um i had um i had i was in really bad pain the first the first night i arrived there i was just in so much pain they gave me what you call a dilaudid now dilaudid is basically like the purest form of morphine and it's it's not a pretty sight, trust me. That's not something you want in your system at all. Like, side note, you know, a lot of these people, you know, that that sit lean and all that. Listen, y'all have no idea what the fuck y'all <clears throat> y'all dealing with with that shit, man. Like, as far as like, I just don't understand how people can take it. I mean, unless you have, a, you know, a medical condition, cool, whatever it is, but even for me, like, I don't even like taking, like, morphine, regular morphine, period, because it's just like, I hate, I hate the way it makes you just feel. It makes you, like, if I'm not in control of my own body, I, I don't like it. Um, so that's what that is. So back back to the story at hand. So Delaudit is basically like morphine, but times ten. You know, like that shit. What I want to say, three, three, four milligrams through the IV. What have you as zombified? Seriously, especially someone in my like, you know, of my stature. I'm. I'm I'm small, so three or four milligrams will have me slumped. So I um I stay away from it, uh, and I never even had it before until I was given it last year. Um, during you know 
the uh, procedure that I had called a liver biopsy. Again, because I've again I've always been having problems with my liver, so therefore, you know, what when I first got the loaded, the the experience was terrible. You know, I felt like it was causing me more pain than actually helping me. Like, yeah, it was sedating me, but it was messing with my liver. So it was like I was in so much pain. But before I get totally sidetracked back to the COVID situation. So they gave me Dilaudid, which I um I was so out of it that I completely forgot to tell them, like, hey, no Dilaudid, like, I can't have this stuff, like, because it's, it's just going to put me in, you know, you know, in, in, in the worst condition that I already was. Now, mind you, this was early, this was, this was when I arrived to Phoenixville, and that was like the first thing they gave me as far as pain. So, and she gave it to me in pill. That's why I was so comfortable taking it because it wasn't like through the IV. I was used to getting the loaded through the IV, so I never had it in pill form. So I took it. Um, I don't even I don't even remember it doing anything for me because. I was just in so much pain. Like, my liver was giving me hell, y'all. Like, when I tell you, like, I couldn't, I was just so uncomfortable in that hospital bed. It was ridiculous. Like, like I, I tried sitting up, didn't work. I tried to lay it down, didn't work. Tried to lay on my side, definitely didn't work. It was just like, I just kept tossing and turning. And by like, I want to say three o'clock in the morning, it's where I'm not going. I'm not going to lie. This is where I really, 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 really question if I even wanted to fight anymore, because the pain was just so unbearable. Just imagine, just like no funny shit, no, no over exaggerating. Like, I know a lot of my, you know, sickle cell warriors out there that that may listen to this, and y'all can agree with me when I say this. You ever felt like you've been in so like the pain was so unbearable, but this like I'm going to describe how of the pain felt for me now mind you i'm having pain in my liver it is swollen so imagine you taking that swollen liver and someone and someone takes a a louisville slugger and i'm talking about full force barry bond swing into it dead center into your liver and then afterwards Somebody takes a take some um you know some gasoline and sprinkle it on your liver and then light it. That's exactly how that pain felt. It felt like blood force slash burning trauma. No lie, like that shit hurt. Like it, 
it was just all I felt was just like this burning sensation in my liver. But also like it really felt like somebody hit me with a, a Louisville slugger. Like that shit hurt. And I'm like, bruh, I don't know if I can take this shit. Like if I bruh, if I take another minute of this, yo, you might as well go you gonna have to treat me like Kunta and take me in the back and put me down because that's how I was feeling. Like, shit was no joke. Like, that pain is something I wouldn't even want my worst enemy to feel. Like, seriously. Like, I didn't, I didn't endure some pain in my life, but that pain right there, that's it. That's a different ball game. Seriously. It is not, not, not a pretty, so there's nothing pretty about it. And, um, man, um, I just appreciate my dad being there because I just had to call him because I was in so much pain that I was just losing, like, my, my, my mental strength, you know, like, Physically, I was already at my weakest point, but I was losing my my mental my mental strength because I was just just in constant pain. I just couldn't do it, so I called my dad and like just you know he sat on the phone like, "Listen, breathe. You got this." Like just words of encouragement to get me back in that 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 state of mind of like. All right, you know you're in a lot of pain right now, but just just make it through it. Just make it through it. And it's like, I swear, like, the inner Vegeta in me was just like, you're not going to give up. Like, where's your saying pride at? You are a part of an elite warrior race, okay? So don't give up. And that's what it was just like, I don't know. It was that, that, that will, that will to fight, like, initiated. So, boom, I'm already, I'm already in that, that, that state of mind. Even though I'm in so much pain. I'm in so much pain, but I'm still, I still got, I, I got my mental strength back. Um, So, they get the doctors in there. Well, not the doctors, but they, they ordered me some pain meds, you know, to get me through the night. So they, they, they hit me with that, got me through the night. Um, that morning, that morning, um, in Phoenixville, um, I was, I started feeling that pain again, but it wasn't, it wasn't as crazy as it was last night like because of like this time it was creep it was creeping up this time so I was able to like try to get them to come in and hey listen the the, the pain is about to you know ramp up so I'm gonna need y'all somebody in here to you know get the payments going so I ain't gotta go through what I just went through but sure enough too late literally I want to say 
five minutes into um oh okay the pain went from a five like the pain is a five like i'm already hitting the button like yeah there's the pain is is at a five right now soon as i tell her that literally five minutes go by i'm already at extreme pain yet again like tossing and turning screaming at the top of my lungs like to the point where i'm damn near about to pass out because i I have no more strength to even yell, you know, because I'm in so much excruciating pain. Like, I was just so tired. So, and mind you, they're, they're trying to draw blood left and right. I'm a small guy. It's very hard to get a good vein to draw blood. Like, I have, I have beautiful veins, like, a lot, every nurse that has played, damn near played with my arm to uh, get, to draw blood, say I have beautiful veins, but they just don't like hospitals, you know, so it's very, it's very hard to draw blood, and especially the condition I was in with the COVID, because it made my, um, it just, it just made everything, like, ten times worse, like, just 10 times worse, like, so, I was getting poked up left and right, mind you, just for them to look for a spot to draw blood, half the time, half the times they poked me up to draw blood, it was a fail, they could never get a, a, a clean line, um, so they had to go through my IV that was already previously put in to try to get blood from that, um, and it was kind of sort of successful, so then, fast forward. Welcome back. Um, I had te technical difficulties. Um, so this is probably going to be in two parts. So excuse me. Um, I know I was, I left off where um, day number four of uh, Phoenixville. So... Um, I apologize if I'm repeating anything from the first part, but I'll, I'll try to make it, you know, to where it's flushed out better. So, excuse me, day number four. Day number four. Excuse me, I had to take a sip of water. And, um, this is the list of... This is what I was just leaving off with. The list of things, um, the list of things that I'm adoring other than just COVID. So mind you, COVID is right there, but this is what I'm this is what I'm dealing with other than COVID. I have a a parasitic infection in my intestines. My liver is swelled up to the point where it's restricting me. To breathe properly. I have pneumonia. Um, and then COVID. So all four of those things combined. Is what I'm dealing with. So it wasn't just COVID. That I'm dealing with. Those are all of the factors. That I've. Endured for those two weeks. And. Um, day number four. Of Phoenixville. That's when they tell me I have, you know, the infection 
inside my uh, intestines. Um, and they um they were calling around, and when they found out, you know, when they found out everything, basically, they realized they couldn't. They could only do so much at um at Phoenixville because when it was a small facility to begin with, but they don't have the proper uh you know the proper resources to take care of someone like me in my condition. So um they called around and I wanna I really, 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 really wish I knew this doctor's name by heart. But I appreciate them to the fullest. And um, this is how you could tell there's there's difference between people who do it for the money and people that do it for their love for that for that field of, you know, for that field, you know. And he is one of those people that you could tell that cares way more about the job than the salary, so, um, he accepted my case, and, um, I get shipped off to Reading Hospital in Reading, PA, and mind you, (laughs) that's even farther away from Philly, mind you, in all my years of being hospitalized, um, I've never been transferred from the city, from outside of the city, away from where I'm, you know, from where I live at. So it was a scary, yes, especially when I got shipped to Phoenixville, because it's like, I really thought like somebody in, in, uh, you know, in the hospital that was in Philadelphia, which is Chestnut, Chestnut Hill Hospital, I really felt like, you know, someone there was just like, you know, we're going to ship him, ship him off and just see, you know, what happens is out of our hands. And I really felt like, you know, I really felt like that's, that was the case. But, um, you know, um, so. I get shipped to Reading. I meet the doctor that accepted my case. Um, and he's like, yeah, we're going to do everything in our power to, to get you right. We're going to run some labs, um, CAT scans, MRIs, and stuff like that to see what's going on. And I'm like, okay, cool. It is what it is. Um, I'm ready. Um... The, the the first night that I came to Reading was, it was rough. Because mind you, when I was in uh, Phoenixville, my liver is still swollen. And any type of movement, as far as my abdominal area, I'm, I, it's, just, it's, it's just, it's tender. Like I can't, I just, I could barely move around the way I wanted to. I could barely breathe the way I wanted to. So I was very uncomfortable 
my first night at Reading Hospital. Um, it was it w- it still was a rough night. Um, but they were able to, you know, give me something to ease the pain to get me through the night. Um, I believe, I believe they did, they did give me a CAT scan, um, the first night I arrived there and goddamn that CAT scan was so uncomfortable because it's what it, I don't if anyone isn't familiar with a CAT scan, it's just basically um just big giant ring that you have to you get scanned in. You you lay on this bed, you get get scanned, you get put inside the, the ring machine and it scans you whatever area needs to be scanned to see, you know, the imaging of what they need to look at basically. And in my case they were looking and, you know, the stomach area to see what was going on. Um, and that was just so uncomfortable because I had to lay all the way flat. Mind you, I can't really lay all the way flat because, one, my liver is swollen to the point where if I'm, like, all the way flat on my back, bro, like, you can see, you can kind of see how much of my liver is swelled up. Mind you, I'm gradually losing weight throughout this whole experience. Um, I've never been big a big person ever in my life, but I got to a point where I made it over a hundred pounds, and um, I want to say about one fifteen ish. I was in that range before. I was one fifteen before I went to the hospital. Before I caught the uh the virus, so I was sitting at one to fifteen. So remember that weight in your head, cause we we're gonna come back to that. Um, so you know, as I'm going through all the tests and stuff, um, still just it was still a process, you know. And mind you, every day I'm getting fed these big ass pills of vitamin B vitamin uh vitamin B vitamin D then I had zinc um they they were hitting me with the the Lominox uh shots because you know they didn't want my arm they didn't want me getting blood clots and um things of that nature so I was getting that every day I was taking what, 12 to 15 pills a day, a day, mind you, I had to take 10 in the morning, mind you, I'm taking vitamins on an empty stomach, so this is also like doing numbers to my stomach, um, to the point where it's just like, I'm overloaded with so much stuff that, um, I think I puked one night, it kind of, kind of, came all up, but after that, I was still feeling like shit, like, I was still out of it, I was, um, you know, I was just so fatigued, like, like, a lot of people, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but, no, a lot of people were, people 
that I know, you know, in my everyday life, you know, they were hitting me up and it wasn't like I was trying to, I wasn't ignoring them or anything. It's, I literally did not have the, the strength to pick up my phone to type a few, what letters I press send. That's how bad it was. Like, like I would, I would have rather you just call me and just like, I say what I had to say just for that moment and then hang up. Like the only, I want to say the only people I could really have a, a really full blown conversation with was my best friend and my dad, like seriously. And my sister, cause she called at one point and you know, this was around the time where right, right up before I got my blood transfusion, you know, I was talking to her and stuff like that. But a lot of times I didn't have the strength to, to, um, pick up the phone. Like I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, my main goal was just trying to get, try to get out that space of, um, me possibly dying and, um, just trying to, trying to get, you know, better, so, with that being said, um, you know, it, it, the process was so slow, and then every day, it was just like, nothing, like, nothing changed, but it was just like, okay, your numbers are going up, but you're still in pain, um, and like, we need to see what you know, what the, what about that swelling? That swelling is really, you know, bothering you. We had to get to, to the bottom of it. So it was just like, yeah, like, cause this, this doesn't make no sense. Like, yeah, my numbers are going up, but I'm in so much pain still. My liver is just like, bruh, it's giving me hell. And like with Corona, it's just like, it wasn't making the situation better because it was like I'm 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 trying to breathe, but my you know I could only do so much. So I know I'm all over the place, but please be aware. Like this whole experience, I just want y'all this whole this whole episode. I just want y'all to kind of. Not picture, put yourself in my shoes. Like, I want y'all to know where I was at mentally and, you know, how I was able to go through, you know, this, this journey without, you know, giving up, you know. And I, you know, I, and I just want to create awareness to people about this corona stuff. Like, if you don't, believe it is real, bruh, listen, this shit is real, shit is not a game, it is not, like, seriously, do not play with this shit at all, it is not nothing to play with, I promise you it's not, shit is real, and it's not like I was one of the people that didn't really believe, believe it, I knew it was it was real, but you know, sometimes you, you, you almost have to experience it to really feel like, okay, it's there, you know, but I knew it was there. And that's why I, I bust my ass, try to 
not get the shit. So it was very, you know, mind-boggling and very perplexing that I, um, I hope I said that right. I tried to be so smart just now, but whatever. We're going to keep moving. Um, I was perplexed by, you know, how I got it, you know, because it's like, I don't do shit. I don't point, like, I don't go to parties. I, I don't, I, I, I don't fuck with people, okay? To be honest, like, I really don't fuck with nobody, all right? I just stay to myself and the few people that I have in my everyday life, cool. But it was just like, bruh, and it's like, it had to happen to me. Like, as much as I, as I tried to um, maneuver, I still, still got it, but it is what it is. Um, I just want to, you know, create awareness and especially my sickle cell warriors out there. I am, I am a testament of someone who's got the Corona, who had it, first of all, who's, who's caught it, had it and beat it. Bottom line. So that's why I'm sharing this story with you guys today. So, um, and I was supposed to do this earlier, but you know, I'm I'm still recovering. You know, I've only been like I literally just got out of the hospital Sunday. So, but I I really wanted to, you know, hop on this, not you know, tell the story, you know, as you know as soon as I as I could, you know, because I feel like not only is it important to me, but it's important to my fellow warriors out there that, you know, whoever is listening that, you know, um, it, it is real. It was scary for me. And, um, you know, and I, I just want to, I just want people to, um, be safe, you know, and, and, and just don't take, don't take certain things for granted, seriously, because life is too short. Life is way too short. So, <clears throat> with that being said, um, um, okay. Um, I'm literally a couple days in Reading, PA. I'm a weekend. Yeah, I'm a week. I'm a week in Reading, PA. Um, and this is when they had the game plan. So they was like, okay, boom. Everything, they, basically, they had a game plan. And um, they had to put another central line on the right side of my, my neck so I can get a, an exchange blood transfusion. Now, for those who don't know what an exchange an exchange blood transfusion is. You have a regular uh, blood transfusion, you know, where, you know, of course, you know, the donor receives, you know, blood, um, whatever blood type you are, that's the blood that you receive. Mind you, I already pre previously gotten, what, five, five bags of blood first time around when I was in Phoenixville 
So this time in Reading, I had an exchange blood transfusion. And what an exchange blood transfusion is, is basically a central line, what I was talking about earlier, the line that's in your neck. But this one, this line goes towards my liver. Like the line goes through my neck all the way to my liver. So it could, you know, suck up all the old sickle blood that's in my liver while it's simultaneously um, bringing in fresh blood from, you know, from the blood that I'm receiving. So, um, I got that. I got, I had to get the procedure done itself. So I had to, I had to, um, I had to lay there again, get my neck, um, numbed, cut open, got the line down. Um, he had to s stitch it up, I believe. Did he stitch it up this time? I think so. It, either he stitched it or he, like, used those, uh, zipper stitches. Uh, like, they're, they're like, like, they almost kind of like zip ties, but you just pull it down. I guess, and it's like, and it closes up, so either he did one of those, one of those two things, um, so after I got that done, um, I think the next day, I received the, the blood, and that is like, that process itself is about an hour and a half, depending on the condition I'm in, and how much blood that I need, because I think the longest that I had to wait was about three hours, but this one was half the half the net, half. So it was hour, about an hour and a half, um, about an hour and a half. So all after all the old blood was taken out, um, and then the new the new blood was replaced. My numbers kind of skyrocketed even even higher. Which is good in my case, so so things were looking up. They were like, okay, your numbers are looking, you know, more stable, but um, I still had like that infection in my intestines, so they wanted to make sure that they got rid of that before you know that got worse. Um, so um, yeah, so I was just on. Antibiotics heavy. I was on antibiotics um, th throughout the clock. Um, I had to get steroids, I think, almost every day, but not like a super crazy dose, but just enough to like keep that, you know, keep me intact. And while, 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 um, it, it helps, it helps with the. The uh, corona, I guess. It flushes it out. So, um, I don't know. I don't know shit about steroids. But it, basically, that's what I needed to, um, you know, to help the process of me getting better or whatnot. That, with, that and it was another antibiotic that I was getting that was, spe that was specifically for COVID. You know, because mind you, I had pneumonia too. So, I was... I was on two different types of antibiotics. Um, so that was, that was after the exchange blood transfusion, that was the go-to th throughout my whole hospital stay.
And then um, I want to say, um, that that Friday, the, the, the no, the, the Friday that just passed, last Friday, um, they moved me from the ICU back to like you know the regular rooms and stuff, which is good news because whenever you're out of intensive care, that means you're, you know, you're well enough to, you know, you know, to the basically the the I was getting better, but um, you know, st- they they still had to keep an eye on me though, just to see if my numbers didn't dip or anything like that. Um, so, um, and mind you, I was, I was on oxygen the whole time I was there because one, my, like my lungs were restricted, so I couldn't breathe the way that I wanted to. So, um, that Friday I got moved back to the regular rooms and then from Friday to that Sunday, um, Things were looking good, and I I got up that Sunday, and um, I came came home Sunday. But here's the kicker: remember I told you to um. Remember that week, that week I told you one fifteen. So apparently, the whole time I was there, um, they kind of fudged up my uh, numbers of my week. So um. The whole time, I was believed that I was still in the 100 range, which was very, very mind-boggling to me because I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I, there's no way I'm I'm still in the 100 range. Like, uh, like I'm all, I've always been small and skinny. Trust me. I'm not saying I'm, I was some swole dude and then I, I went from all might to to his uh his regular form, you know, it wasn't like that. I've I've always been like linky, but I people in my everyday life could tell that I was gaining weight, you know. I, I was putting on weight and then most of the time you can see it in my face that I'm gaining weight. So I went from 112, 115-ish to 88 pounds. Yes, you heard that right. 88 pounds. I lost so much weight within an span of those two weeks to the point where um, my mobility is kind of is very, very, very um, different. You know, I can't move the way I want to without feeling like I'm about to tear my damn ACL, MCL, meniscus, or Achilles. Like, no funny shit. Like, that's how bad, that's how much weight I've lost. Like, seriously, I was wearing skinny jeans literally yesterday, and they felt like sweatpants. Like, I've lost so much weight. I like I look like a smoker. I look like Pookie from New Jack City. Like no funny shit. 
so, <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, um, I'm glad, I'm glad to still be here. Um, was a journey very excruciating? Yes, yes, it was, and I ain't gonna hold you. I'll be sitting here lying to you. And if I told you that, you know, that I felt like, you know, it wasn't, it didn't scare me, you know, I'd be lying to you if I told you it didn't scare me. It absolutely did, you know, laying in the hospital, in in the bed alone, just thinking to myself, like, What if, like, what if it, what if it just was just so different? What if, for some odd reason, my lungs decided to collapse at that very moment, and then I had to be, you know, put on a breathing machine, you know? So, um... <clears throat> As much, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You know, that's all I can say is I'm, I'm truly blessed to still be here. Um, I'm, I'm blessed by, um, by the overwhelming support that people showed me. Um, and even though. You know, some some of those people that showed their 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 concern, they weren't really concerned. They were just minding my business. And for those people, um, I just want you to keep the same energy. You know, from from this point, you know, moving forward. You know, those of you that that don't. Keep in contact with me like that. Stay where you are, you know. I have my support system. And I'm blessed to have them. And I'm I'm good, you know. So, um, for those of you that actually show and express genu- genuine concern and... Weariness. I appreciate you to the fullest. Um, I thank you. And, um, yeah. Moral of the story is be careful out here. And, um, don't take life for granted. Like, and really, really, really look around you. And um, if you have that support around you, listen, don't trade it. Don't trade it for anything in the world. You hold on to that support system, and you never let go. And with that being said, this has been your host. I'm out.